Welcome back to Edward here on the Hammer Betting Network Daily Live NHL Show, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on YouTube every one of those days on the Edgework YouTube channel, so make sure to head over there, click subscribe, like this video. You can also turn on notifications so you get notified every single time that we go live by clicking that bell, and then you never have to miss a show. If you're looking for the picks that are given out on this show, if you miss them in real time, you want to see how they're doing after the fact, or you want to see how we've done through the course of the season, make sure to head over to the BetStamp app. You can find us in the Find Better section as Edgework on there. Last night, big news breaks. Uh, Bo Horvat has finally been traded. If you didn't see much about it, we'll talk about it here. Rob and I did do a video here on the Edgework channel that you can check out after the fact as well, breaking down the trade and how that shifts the betting markets in terms of the Islanders' uh, Islanders odds to make the playoffs here. So you can check that out after the fact if you haven't seen it already. But interested in hearing your guys' opinions. I mean, Matt, we'll start with you. You see the trade's gone through. Bo, Bo Horvat on the move. And then you read, it's to the Islanders. What's your immediate reaction? Well, first of all, as a former uh, Canuck fan, I had to give that drug up uh, years ago. <laughs> um, not the most, not even the most emotionally uh, charged or um, you know disturbing trade from the Canucks to the Islanders in their history, right? Trevor Linden's trade in what 1998 or whatever it was uh, was <laughs> far more emotional for Canucks fans out there. But this trade, this trade wasn't you know I, listen, I, I'm not going to be able to tell you anything about the. Uh, certainly the player, uh, the prospect that they got back, and who knows what happens with regards to this protected draft pick. But the Canucks had to trade Bo Horvat, and they had to trade him sort of now because this is kind of like this is just a hooking penalty in hockey, right? You're not you're not getting you're not in trouble when you reach your stick out. That's when you get the penalty. You you were in trouble when you got out of position in hockey, right? And the Canucks got themselves out of position by focusing all of their resources on kind of theoreticals, right? Where it's like, well, we have to sign Brock Besser because maybe one of these years he'll stay healthy. Like JT Miller, like, oh, we, you know, we invested uh, in trade capital for JT Miller. Like we have to keep him around and not realizing that the best player on the team was Bo Horvat. And then this season, he obviously showed that and it was too late, right? They were already out of position and the, and the best they could do was sort of reach out and haul down the player before he goes in and, you know, scores on a breakaway, you know, to, to sort of go with the metaphor here. And so once you do that, you have to do it as soon as you can from a sell position standpoint, because the Islanders, they could make this deal a month from now when the trade deadline happens or any team can make it a month from now. But the longer you wait, the fewer games that they have to use Bo Horvat. Because again, we don't know necessarily, you know, we, we assume that he's going to sign uh, with the Islanders because they're going to wildly overpay because they are now the team like the Canucks with JT Miller who have paid for the asset and now have to do everything within their power to keep the asset or they look like idiots in all of this. Right. And so you got to make the trade now to get the most that you can. And to get the most that you can, you have to have the most games left in the season. So everybody's sort of thinking, Oh man, they could have gotten more if they wait for the deadline. And they, you know, the idea that there's some sort of bidding war, I imagine a group email went out, right? <laughs> that said, it wasn't, Bo Horvat was literally like the top of the list of guys who were available and have been available basically all season long. So not a surprise to the rest of the league. This isn't a situation where anybody was going, wait, what? 
Bo Horvat was available. I can't believe I missed out on this. Like you've had the opportunity to make an offer on Bo Horvat. Now it's from the Islanders side of things. You know, that's obviously a different story on whether you think they can make the playoffs. And even if they did make the playoffs this season, well, is that actually, you know, is that is it actually dangerous in any way, shape or form? Right. And that's why I think a lot of people kind of look at it and go like, well, I don't know why the Islanders necessarily think that they're going to compete this season. But the Islanders have for one reason or another, whether it's management and Lou Lamarillo or recent runs to you know the Eastern Conference finals. They've sort of tricked themselves, if you will, into thinking that they are kind of a uh, annual contender potentially type thing, right? Where it's like, okay, if we can right. get more of that now, we can re-sign them. We're going to be right back in this thing next year. But like, if you look up and down the roster, especially down the pipeline from a prospect standpoint, which again, another prospect goes out the door in this deal. I don't know that that's necessarily the case for the Islanders, right? So honestly, like, it's kind of just two delusional franchises. One of them that I've been talking about all season, like the Canucks have to blow this up. It's a bad brew. Is that Bo Horvat's fault? Obviously not, but he's kind of the only guy right now, or sorry, at least the first guy uh, that needs to be moved out the door for at least something. And they certainly got something, you know, again, who knows? Well, years from now, we'll figure out, like we did with the Trevor Linden deal in 1998, that, oh, Todd Bertuzzi, Brian McCabe, and a draft pick that turned out to be Yarko Rutu. Oh, that was actually a pretty good deal. And we got Trevor Linden back in anyway. Like, yeah, okay. Looking back, maybe we shouldn't have been so emotional at the time. So maybe five, 10 years from now, you can look back from a Canucks standpoint and be like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be so emotional because it's not like the Canucks were going anywhere this season and probably next season. And sadly, maybe even not the season after that. <laughs> and Todd, you got to watch Lou Lamorello firsthand and some of the moves that he's made when he was uh, during his time with the Devils there. You see this move last night. Are you shocked at all that he's traded for a UFA while they're sitting outside of a playoff spot looking in and there's going to be a potential for him to just have to sign the guy to a big ticket in this offseason? Yeah, no, I wasn't really surprised at all. Lamorello is always in win-now mode, whether he should be or not. And the Islanders are an old-ass team and they're not very good. So from like I understand that it's either go all in or just blow it all up. I would honestly prefer to just blow it all up, but I I understand why he did it. But I just don't think like I think um, a Horvat type trade that was made. I think it would have made more sense for a team like Boston, that's like right there. Yeah. And maybe they overpay for Horvat to resign him, but they can kind of weather the storm if he's a six million dollar player instead of an eight million dollar player. Whereas if Horvat underperforms on his next contract, which he's likely to, like he's really good, but he's not this good probably. Uh, I think like the Islanders aren't good enough to kind of weather that storm, if that makes sense. Like yeah. they need him to be what they're going to probably pay him to be. Whereas other teams could afford a little bit of a step back and he'd still be a good contributor for them. Um, so yeah, it's not surprising that uh, during the end of Lamarello's tenure in New Jersey, he kind of just gave a bunch of big contracts to old players and then uh, it was hell for Ray Shiro to fix after he left. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, like, this is, let's not forget here, like, this is probably outside of the contract term situation. Obviously, if Horvat had three years left on his deal, well, A, we wouldn't be in this issue. But, you know, if he had three years left in his deal, he would be worth more. But from a play on the ice standpoint, this is the peak of Bo Horvat. Right. And so the whole idea is if you are going to trade an asset, whether that's in sports or anything on earth, right, you want to trade that player at the peak or sort of, you know, just after their peak. And that might, might be the case for Horvat because he's had a really good sort of run here of three or four seasons. And like Todd says, right, once you're starting to pay eight and a half, nine, 
you know, who knows, he might make the actors pay 10 million a year for that guy. Like you're in big trouble, right? So again, when it comes to that, like emotionally sucks for Canucks fans who sort of hoped for more for Bo Horvat because he'd been that good soldier. And obviously this team is dying for some sort of a playoff run because it's been a minute. But, you know, from a business standpoint, probably a pretty good idea, right? And this isn't the NBA where that like 14th pick in the first round is probably not going to amount to anything. In the NHL, we never know, right? We never know whether the third pick is going to be any good. We never know where the 30th pick is going to be good or the 93rd pick is going to be any good. So any first rounder, unlike the NBA, any first rounder is kind of, you know, pretty good deal, right? And Horvat being a ninth overall pick, um, you know, closing the book, if you will, on the Corey Schneider era as well for Canucks fans out there. Uh, you know, we didn't know then, right? And we didn't know that Corey Schneider wasn't going to actually be any good, as Todd can attest, as uh, as a Devils fan, right? So, you know, as far as evaluating the players involved and all that sort of thing, like, I'm sorry, just nobody knows, right? But we do know that, like, there's only so many good years left for Bo Horvat. Right. All right, well, let's get into the games today. There's only three of them. As we get to the All-Star break here, the schedule is kind of wonky. We saw one game last night. We'll see three tonight and then two tomorrow. So just a reminder for everyone as well, tomorrow will be our last show before this All-Star break kicks off, uh, previewing tomorrow night's games, tomorrow night's minimal games. But we'll get into the games here tonight. Uh, Let's start with this one, Ottawa heading to Montreal. I know, Todd, you've got a spot in this one you're looking at right now. Ottawa right now is 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They are coming off a three-game win streak, including a win over the Islanders, the Maple Leafs, and most recently, the Montreal Canadiens. This team is 9-12-2 on the road, going up against a Montreal team that Alex liked to, liked to point out in the group chat this morning when he told us that he wouldn't come on is that the Habs will be wearing their reverse retros and they suck in those jerseys. Uh, But aside from that aspect of things, this team's already on a three-game losing streak here themselves. They're having lost to Boston, Detroit, and as I had mentioned most recently, these two teams faced off against each other, losing to the Senators. How much are are you factoring in the reverse retro jersey into your handicapping tonight between these two teams, Todd? Well, it's a huge factor for me. That's actually why I played. <laughs> I don't really care about the jerseys. Um, I played the Senators in regulation at minus 110. Uh, they're actually playing pretty decent hockey right now. Last 10 games, uh, they're high danger chance shares, almost 55% at 5 5, which is top five in the league. Over the same period, Montreal is 43%, bottom five in the league. Um, they're dead last in shot suppression in the last 10 games at 5 5. Dead last shot suppression in the last 10 games on the penalty kill. Uh, they're missing their biggest scoring threat in Cole Caulfield. Jake Allen owns a 8.77 save percentage over the last month and a half. Um, just I don't see anything good about this Canadians team right now. Um, I think the Senators have a lot more talent. I think they're playing a lot better at 5-5. Five five. Anton Forsberg's in much better form than Jake Allen is. And even though the Senators are very unlikely to actually make the playoffs because of how many teams they have to leapfrog, if they win tonight, they're only six points out. So it's not like it's some insurmountable thing where they're they have no morale and they're just like, oh, the season's over. They're they're kind of still hovering around a little bit. So this is a big game for them, and I think they're just going to come out, take care of business, and uh, head into the All Star break feeling good about themselves. 
Yeah, hard to argue with that. I mean, what a weird scene, right? We got Alex boycotting because this show today because of third jerseys, which I think is a really strange reason to boycott. <laughs> but if you want to sign his petition to get the uh, jerseys removed from the Canadians, uh, I think, Zach, you have a link to the petition that Alex is starting. No, you, yeah. you don't have a <laughs> yeah. link. Okay, fair enough. Um, the only issue I have for this with this game is the NHL seems to sort of be quiet quitting the All Star break. Like, why are we even playing one, two, and three games over these I agree. three days? Like, it doesn't make any sense, guys. Just uh, just wrap it up here. Let's give the boys a break. Um, the the only issue I have here is that game that we previously mentioned, right? The line in Ottawa on what was it Saturday night was around minus two hundred in yeah. Ottawa, and now it's like minus 190, <laughs> you know, 185. Like that's not that's not a massive change uh, given the fact that we've flipped, you know, home ice advantages. Now, obviously, a lot to do with not much travel between Ottawa and Montreal potentially. And obviously Ottawa, you know, pretty convincingly better than Montreal uh, in that previous game. So uh, nothing for me in this game, you know, spoiler alert, nothing for me in any of these games. Cause again, honestly, these three games are brutal tonight and also like brutally from a pricing standpoint, cause they're all kind of the same price and they're all kind of around minus 200 and plus 170, 180, you know, something along those lines where it's like, there's probably a reason the one team is minus 200. So I'm not really looking to lay that, especially right before the All-Star break, because if the NHL as a whole is sort of fake quiet quitting the first half of the season, I'm not really sure any of these teams aren't the exact same. Like, am I positive Ottawa is going to give like the best effort you've ever seen tonight? Hopefully, because as Todd mentioned, like it's a theoretically complimentary two points here before the All-Star break to, to go towards, you know, kind of their second half push. But there's no guarantee of that. And the same thing goes for, you know, Washington and Columbus. Like I saw that open last night at plus 178. And that number's gotten like a tiny bit shorter for Columbus, which means somebody out there is looking and desirous of betting on the Columbus Blue Jackets, which tells you all you need to know about what kind of a weird scene we're at here on a Tuesday before the All-Star break, right? Where people are interested in the Blue Jackets. And I don't even think it's like all that crazy. I would need something closer to plus 200 to bet that game. But like, that's where we're at with these games. Like the Kings have been playing, you know, I hate to hop all over the schedule on you here, Zach, but like the Kings have been playing pretty good hockey, but like Carolina was just undervalued against Boston on Sunday, won that game relatively easily. And now all of a sudden, like their market number is, you know, not necessarily through the roof, but certainly pretty high. And that makes, uh, you know, they're kind of a no bet situation for me in that game. So, yeah, all these numbers and these matchups kind of stink, you know, for a Tuesday. At least throw us a bone with something um, that's a, a hotter matchup on a Tuesday night here before the All-Star game. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. How did we end up with no play in this game here? It's the LA Kings Tuesday night special, and we don't have I, a play from you, Matt. I know. I know. They, well, they've been, too, they've been too good recently. And, you know, they, like instead of being plus 200 or something where I could start talking people into a plus 200 uh, underdog here against – and by the way, the matchup being Carolina. Like pick a worse yeah. team right now to like to go up against for the Tuesday night Kings special. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Kings playing a little bit too well with, uh, with a win on uh, Friday night, I believe it was against Florida and then, uh, Carolina just being a juggernaut at this point. Um, the likes of which, uh, pretty similar to Boston, honestly, I think, you know, Carolina and Boston are kind of heads and shoulders above uh, everybody else right now in the league. So yeah, don't want to get in the way of the hurricanes, but, uh, not going crazy when it comes to minus 200 bets right before the all-star break. 
And uh, Todd, you're looking at something in the Washington Columbus game. I know you're waiting on news in that. I got but, it. Uh, oh, you got the news. Oh. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, breaking news here on the uh, Drew Show. What's going on in uh, Washington Columbus that you like here tonight? Okay. Corpus Allo is starting instead of Merz Lickings, and he is actually good or has been good this year. So that brings into play um, first period. I think this is the first first period bet of the season. Or actually, no, I've seen one. Uh, but first period action here. I am going with under one and a half. I saw a plus 130 for under one and a half in the first period. Yep. That is juicy to me because here's why. Columbus Blue Jackets have sorry, I'm pulling up all this stuff as I go. Columbus Blue Jackets have scored 29 first period goals in 50 games. They don't score. Washington is a good defensive team. Darcy Kemper is good. I don't think they're going to score again. Uh, Washington Capitals, believe it or not, 35 first period uh, goals this year, which is bottom five in the league. They don't score in the first period. They are a stingy team. They are a slow team. I don't see a ton of pace in this game. And with Kemper and Corbis Salo starting, the goaltending is actually pretty good. So for a couple of teams that don't score in the first period, a couple of slower-paced teams and a good goaltending matchup, plus 130 is a very juicy price. There you go. Just one period of hockey you have to watch tonight. Then you, too, can start your all-star break early, like 87% of the NHL. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. I like the lead-in there, too. Here's why. <laughs> and I'm about to tell yeah. you why. Just give me a minute to pull up all my reasons. One, One minute to manage my no. task. I yes. like it. I think that does it for sides and totals that we have in this in tonight's action, correct? From from everybody that's about yes. it. God, yes. Slow skate. You were lucky yeah, to get and, that much, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, also Matt, you're talking about how like the schedule dwindling down here and where everyone's at is. I was looking at this. I have a friend uh, from the area who's playing in the NHL right now, and uh, some of our buddies went on uh, went on vacation, and I saw them post a photo, and this is on must have been Saturday morning. Well, yeah. our buddy was on vacation with him, and I'm yeah. sitting there going. The Leafs played last night. They play on Sunday and they play on Wednesday. And this guy's on being on vacation for two days now. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, yeah, just let them all on, go. <laughs> there were teams on Friday as I was writing, you know, stepping in for Todd, who's speaking of vacation. Hope Mexico was great, Todd. Uh, hung me out to dry last week as I'm dealing with all the maniacs. Um, <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. Love all the maniacs. Uh, yeah, like part of the part of, you know, at least an element to some of these handicaps, whether again, NBA or the NHL is like if it's the last game before your vacation, right? Like <laughs> think about the last day that you go to work before you have a vacation. Are you the most locked in guy? Zach, I'm not going to make you answer that question because I know Alex in his protest while he's handicapping <laughs> FA Cup results is watching this right now. But are you that locked in on that Friday before you go for vacation for a week? You should have seen Todd's last article. Uh, just an absolute <laughs> train wreck before he went to Mexico last week. So again, like, you know, we, we have to remind ourselves that these guys are human beings too, right? They have plans like your buddy does to hit a beach somewhere and get knee deep in some Coronas. And so like, I, you know, I look at on Friday, I was like, wait, these guys don't play for eight more days, you know, and they won last night and it's the second game of a back-to-back. -back. 
like why would they care you know and so you know sure yeah. enough that actually ended up working out pretty well i don't know again how but that's the thing we never know how much it's because they're one two three cancuning or they are actually <laughs> not very good that night or it's just honestly hockey puck luck and all that kind of stuff right where the puck bounces your way for one night but yeah the point is tread tread very lightly like like todd when he goes in the ocean <laughs> all right i I got a question for you guys. I saw this on Twitter this morning, and is this is not on betting or anything related. But what team does Bo Horvat play for in the in the All Star game now? Is he on the Pacific Division, or is he in, in yeah Pacific, or is he uh, in the Metro now? I, I said just just leave him in the Pacific. Yeah. But give him an Islanders jersey. No one cares. No one cares. Is anyone going to watch anyways? Probably not. Well, I was going to say, so I think it's the Pacific Division, but you guys are going to have to let me know next Tuesday because there's no chance I will have <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. researched, looked me up, neither. watched, or know the answer to that question. So um, we've done some teasers here before, but that'll be a personal teaser where Zach can tell me on Tuesday what uh, what team Bo Horvat actually played for in the All-Star game. Right, can't wait enough. to find I out like this alternates periods <laughs> goes back and forth maybe by... like probably maybe like probably how's that for a sentence maybe That's like nice. probably uh travis kelsey and jason kelsey's mom maybe he just does like a split jersey split. down the middle thing <laughs> right like that would be kind of nice let's get the you know let's get that going we've seen Fair that in the enough. crowd let's deploy that on the ice yeah why not <laughs> i mean all right todd literally <laughs> yeah. You've got you've got here a bunch of props. Everyone was waiting. We missed, didn't get them from you last week. I delivered them here on the show. I think they did pretty well. Uh, so appreciate you sending those over. But uh, you're here today, and uh, as everyone has been anticipating, I saw someone already jumped in early off in the show, wondering if they missed Toddy props. No, you didn't. Never. It is now time to close this one out with the most anticipated segment in uh, daytime YouTubing hockey betting shows toddy props what do you got for us today let's go i've got four props for you so here we go and here's what they are (laughs) (laughs) and here's what they are just let me pull them up okay adrian kempe over two and a half shots against carolina uh plus 100 or plus 105 either is good um he's hit seven of the last nine games the two exceptions he had missed the net three times um so easily could have hit uh, he's hit four straight against Carolina. He leads the Kings in attempts on the road. Kevin Fiala is kind of the guy to back at home. Kempe is the guy to back on the road. Uh, so Adrian Kempe over two and a half. Uh, Alex Ovechkin over four and a half at minus 115. Uh, Blue Jackets are one of the worst defensive teams in the league at five or five and on the penalty kill. Um, Ovechkin had five shots last time they've played, even though the Capitals only had like 17 and basically didn't show up. Ovechkin still hit. Um, so I like him in this spot. Uh, he leads the NHL in attempts with 91 over the last 10 games. Roman Yossi with 82 is the only other guy over 80. So Ovechkin's kind of lapping the field right now. Um, Thomas Shabbat, been backing him like crazy lately. You're going to keep going. Uh, he's hit five of the last six games. Over the last 10, he's tied with Brady Kachuk for the team lead in shot attempts, which is impressive because Brady Kachuk's usually like top three, top five in the NHL. Uh, so keeping up with him is very difficult to do. As I mentioned earlier, the Habs are dead last in shot suppression at 5 or 5 and on the penalty kill over the last 10 games. Shabbat plays a ton of minutes at even strength. He plays on power play one, uh, and he had four shots when they played a few days ago. I like him to do some damage again. And then lastly, Claude Giroux, a new, uh, a new player in the mix here. Um, 
forgot he was in the league. <laughs> they're not if they're not listed in Toddy props. Do they or do they even play hockey? No, no, they don't. <laughs> um, so Giroux's on a line with Ridley Gregg uh, since he got recalled. Uh, Giroux has attempted more than twenty three shots per sixty with Gregg as his center. Um, without Gregg at his, his center, he averages eleven point six. So his attempts are like double the rate right now. Um, he faced the Canadians a few days ago and he had, let me see, four shots. Uh, he's hit against the Canadians seven games in a row. Uh, he's plus 115. As I mentioned, the Habs just give up a bazillion shots to everybody. So with Giroux heating up with Greg as the center, or Greg, I don't even know how to say it, um, and a great matchup, I'm happy to take my chances at plus 115. All right. I like it. So in recap here, today's picks, uh, if you're not following already, please make sure to go over to the Edgework HQ bet stamp account in the Find Better section. You'll see right now up 40 units on the year. Not bad at all across all the uh, all the different shows that we have here and 7.7% ROI. But today's picks, Adrian Kempe over 2.5 shots on goal, plus 110. Claude Giroux over 2.5, plus 115. Thomas Shabbat over 2.5, minus 132. Sends in regulation, minus 121 there. Alex Ovechkin over four and a half shots on goal, minus 114. And the under one and a half, plus 130 in the first period of the Columbus Blue Jackets-Washington Capitals game. So make sure to give a follow to the Edgework HQ account on the Betstamp app in the Find Better section. Subscribe to the YouTube channel here as Edgework. Turn on notifications so you get notified every single time we go live. Last show before the All-Star break tomorrow so make sure to tune into that and if you miss any of the show you want to watch them back oh boy <laughs> you want to watch them back you can uh go or listen to them back you can obviously find them on youtube or you can find them on all podcasting platforms we'll get an opportunity to preview the super bowl next week todd uh, as we'll be back after the all-star break but i'm hoping to see some articles from you guys over the next uh next week teeing me up with some bets for the nhl all-star game because you know that's what i'm going to be looking to bet on i actually have to do that i do have to do that <laughs> there we go so make sure to check that it. out <laughs> check that out from todd todd and see what he's got for the all-star all-star game Blame matt he penciled me in for that <laughs> He's Anything about me. the All Star Game? It's Good his luck, revenge Tom. for me taking the vacation. Buries <laughs> me with that garbage. <laughs> Listen, I want your well, handicap on fastest skater and uh, golf, whatever the game is that they're playing on. Yeah, let me just pull up all these stats oh, that yeah. I have to work with and dig into that. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think Bull Horvat's strokes gained needs to be applied to uh, whatever that golf game that they're going to play. <laughs> I'm sure we'll know about that 24 hours in advance, but the betting market will still be open. But uh, that's a story yes. for another day. Yes, <clears throat> let's hope. Let's hope so that uh, that that's the case. Took advantage of some stuff last year. So, <laughs> thanks to everyone who tuned in here today. Todd, Matt, appreciate you guys taking the time. Appreciate your insights as always. Uh, enjoy the uh, the All Star break. I mean, for some of us, it's an All Star break. Uh, we get a little mix of no football here as well during this time, so in a little bit of a calm period. But uh, for others, they'll be writing articles about the All Star game and uh, what to bet on in that. So, Todd, good luck with that. Matt, appreciate it as always, guys. I will see you next week. But for everyone else, hopefully, I will see you back here tomorrow for the final day of Edgework before the All Star break. Enjoy the games tonight. 